0: Good evening everybody and welcome to Punch Kick Choke Chat. Uh, we're here live on the Zoom call. We're also live streaming to YouTube. Uh, if you're watching this at a later date, feel free to subscribe, smash that like button. You might be listening to it on a podcast. Uh, by the way, um, I noticed that our subscriptions, I, I feel like they jumped up on YouTube. So to wh- whoever our new subscribers are, that's fantastic. We've been growing this week after week and the fact that I think like 30 or 40 new people jumped on board, that's incredible. The, the swell we're getting. So you know, martial arts is alive and well out there, and uh, we're glad you're watching and picking up on this history. Uh, part, of, part of the history of this show is our first episode guest. Uh, we pulled him in to be one of our hosts, and his name is Sensei Nicholas Suino, and he's here with us tonight. Uh, he's an eighth Dan in Iaido, a sixth Dan in Judo, a sixth Dan in Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. And before the call, I just said, Sensei, is there anything you want me to talk about? And, you know, in a very typically humble fashion, he kind of said no. And then he didn't realize I was writing it down. He goes, you know, the thing is from the inside out, you know, I'm just a guy who fell in love with martial arts and keeps doing it. And it sounds so simple, but when over 50 years pass and you receive laurels in your own country and, and in, in the birthplace of your sword art, you know, you, you go over and you have achievements that I, I don't even think anybody from North America has ever matched. Um, It's real easy to go yeah I'm just a guy who loved it but it's a lot different to be the guy who loved it keeps doing it and excels at a global level at a global I don't think there's anything in this world I do as well as you swing a sword and, and teach and pass on your martial arts. How you doing tonight sensei doing great I will pay you copious amounts of money for that intro sir. (laughs) <laughs> it's always Van mowing across a border is hard. So we'll, you yeah, can just do enough. cash. I want I'm gonna
1: start doing the intro for swino if there's copious amounts of money involved.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well listen, what
2: I mean by copious amounts of money may not may not apply in the rarefied world of punch, kick, choke, chat, <laughs> <most dumb. laughs> Thank you so much, Sean. It's great oh, to my see pleasure, you. Sense it. Uh, I love <laughs> chatting a little bit before the episode and of course during the episode as well. And uh hopefully we're gonna be uh, uh in, in the same place at the same time again in the not too distant future. I look forward to that. Yeah. Falls to me to introduce Sensei Randy Dauphin. If you are new to this show, you may or may not know he's the seventh Don in karate, a fourth Don in Iaido, um, uh, multi-time world champion in both fighting and forms. And uh, more importantly, incredible fit guy, very hardworking and absolutely positively dedicated to the martial arts. Um, Many of the things that we've done together over the last few decades have been uh, because of his hard work, and uh, mm. including much of this show. Yep, uh, Randy, it's so good to see you. Uh, how
1: are you doing today? Uh, I'm just so excited. Today is a great day. So so many great things, since this, you know, are happening today, and I'm just. You've said it often. You planted the seed in my mind when we did the Crucible and permissions two events that actually, my pen tonight is the. Uh, the permissions pen about this thinking of the joy versus the pleasure, you know, and the pleasure is just fleeting. If you're always chasing the pleasure, then you give up all the joy. That's something mm-hmm. that you taught me. And, uh, I'm having a fucking joyful day today. Like it is just a joyful day. And this tonight, what we're going to do is going to be the pleasure in that, uh, mm-hmm. joyful day. And yeah, thanks uh for that intro um i'm not going to pay you copious amounts of money but i'm going to be dedicated to you and be your friend and your training partner and your student for the rest of my life that's what i can guarantee so um that's how i'm doing today (laughs) Um, and and uh i don't know maybe because it's my my seed i get to Introduce Sense Legacy every time. And I'm always excited to introduce Sense Legacy. I'm always excited to say that he's a 10th fan and that he was awarded that rank by somebody who's, I also have a tremendous amount of respect for, which is Anthony Sandoval. If you don't know who he is, get on YouTube, figure out how you can find out who Anthony Sandoval is. But that's also another incredible human being. Um, So Sense Legacy got his 10th fan from him. He's a member of the Black Belt Hall of Fame, Canadian Black Belt Hall of Fame. He's an author. Other people that he's a student of, Harold Warden, Benny Allen, named my son after Benny Allen. That's how impactful that is. My son's name is Benjamin, uh, who is named after Sensei Legacy's, I, I gotta say, most primary teacher. Uh, also a student of Richard Kim, also a student of uh Sense of Suino, who's on the call right now. Um, and I wanna say one thing, is that the things that Sense of has gained in martial arts? None of them were handed to him on a silver platter. He earned every fucking thing that was given to him his 10th Dan, his author, his Canadian Black Belt Hall of Fame. He earned all of it. And today's his birthday. And I'm so happy we're spending this day with Sense of Legacy. And I'm so happy that I'm not gonna say the date, but I'm just so happy that. Uh, since Legacy was born and uh, I got to connect with him. And I know everybody on this call feels the same. Really happy that they got to connect with him. Um, Yeah, this morning I called him and we started laughing. We didn't even say hello, we just started laughing like when the call came. So both of us just started laughing. So it was kind of funny because, uh, and we had this great conversation and, you know, The conversation was around, uh, we talked about being a fighter versus a martial artist um, and Sensei Legacy was always a martial artist and also a fighter. And I'll let that percolate in your brain, always a martial artist and also a fighter. Um, The other thing that we talked about is just kind of the cool thing about having a, a true Sensei student relationship, like a real one. And one of the things I want to say is my mom, my dad, my kids if you really wanted to know who I was, a stranger just wanted to get an outside perspective on who I was, I would point them to Sensei Legacy. He knows everything about me my faults, my weaknesses, my strengths, everything. And I also feel like if you wanted to know anything about sensei legacy, you should probably come to me and I'd be able to tell you everything. I wouldn't tell you everything, but I could tell you everything. <laughs> and uh, I think in the end, that's what a real, like a true, like Matsumura Itosu, kamihogashiona Miyagi Chojin, like those, <laughs> those types of relationships are built on that. Not just the training, knowing everything about a person, total, the totality of it, or as much as you can. If it's not everything, it's as much as you can. And uh, I'm really happy to introduce Sensei tonight and just say happy birthday. And Sensei, we won't, we won't sing happy birthday to you tonight. <laughs> Benson wanted to, and I just said no. You
0: know I want to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm chomping <laughs> at the fucking yeah. bit right now. Yeah, where's that black guy from, Benson? I, I was scrambling with a guy in Jits and got the back of his head.
1: Too bad it wasn't karate. Yeah. <laughs> That's my foot. You should see my I foot. Just
3: wanna, I just want to let you know that I control your next, Dan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think he's talking to you, Sean, not me. I think I'm not singing. I think I'm not singing. <laughs> I think we're going to leave the singing.
1: <laughs> That's us legacy. What's going on today? What do you want to say about all that before we get into our show?
0: Oh, it's
3: just another day. We, uh, we had a great conversation that, that started my day and set the tone, but other than that, every, on your birthday, you know, what you should be doing is calling my mother. I didn't do anything,
4: so that's yeah. it. Or
1: thanking your father. He got all the joy, right? Your mom got that's all it. the pain. <laughs> for, his
3: 30, for his 30, 35 seconds, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you all aren't italians are you No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay so listen andre uh i want to just quickly before we get too deep into this um sensei maletsky had his hand up earlier and i just want to give him a chance so let's uh before we get deep into this let's turn that camera on and uh hear what sensei maletsky why he had his hand up
4: or I will do it.
1: (laughs) Oh, he's not connected to the audio is the message that I got. Mm, Here he is. Oh, there he is. Hey, Sensei, sensei, let's go on. I'm not sure what he's saying, Sensei Legacy, but I'm gonna translate for you. He's saying, happy birthday, Sensei Legacy. You're the best martial artist I've ever seen. You're the most, you're the most handsome guy I've ever met next to me. And I'm sending you
4: $10,000. can't hear you. Well, when you look that good, you don't need to be heard. That's right, okay. So let's, uh,
1: <laughs> Moving on. Moving on.
0: It's great to see you, Sensei Valensky. I'm sorry we couldn't hear you.
1: Yeah, love that guy. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Canadian and if, you're, uh, yeah, if love you that want guy.
0: to know why, please go back and watch the app with him. Uh, you can find it. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. Or call him or any one of us, and mm. we'll explain to you why he's awesome. Sean, let's punch it over to Sensei Legacy. Sensei Legacy, give us yep. a question that yep. you had written down. <laughs> yep that
3: you wanna crack open. Let's because- do this. Woo, okay. So uh, we we'll sort of leave this open to the audience. They, they wanna participate as usual. How much time should it take to become a black belt? And do private lessons uh, make your time in grades shorter? And should you, uh, are classes necessary if you're taking private lessons? So I just want to know what everyone's opinion on that would be. You know do you wanna,
1: who do you want to start with, Sensor Legacy? Who and then we definitely want to hear your thoughts on that for sure. But,
3: um, Sensor what do you think about that? Of course, you if you're going to mention like Eido or whatever you mentioned, which art because some I don't know about EI. Sorry,
2: uh, part one, how long should it take? How long should it take to get a black belt? Is the question, right? Yeah. So, so, my answer is as long as it takes, you know, uh, typically in EIDO, right, it take four to seven years um, to get a black belt. And it's, uh, you have to learn a certain set of skills and you have to get them to a certain level. Some people take longer than others. They don't learn as fast. And I suppose there are some people, in fact, I know there are some people whose learning curve is so slow, they probably will never get to that, right? Because Black Belt says a certain thing about you that you have to earn. Uh, Second question, do private lessons shorten that? I think it goes back to my first answer. Private lessons shorten it if they shorten it. (laughs) If the the private (laughs) lessons make the difference in somebody's life in such a way that they can... um, do better at the techniques in the way that they're supposed to, to qualify for the, for the art, then it can potentially shorten their trip to black belt. Um, personally, I think private lesson only martial arts, is very, very difficult to learn everything you have to learn. Obviously in the combatives, unless you're just fighting your sensei all the time. And even then you're gonna have an incomplete skill set because everyone's different. So I guess um, um, part one, as long as it takes, Part two, private lessons can, but don't necessarily shorten your path. And part three, I do think that group classes are necessary for martial artists.
1: Yes. Who next, Sensei?
0: Me or Benzo? Uh,
3: let's go with Benzo. He's sitting here. He's just waiting to explode. So. I'll...
0: Ah. I just I just love this, you know. For those watching, Sensei Legacy gave us a bit of a heads up on the questions before, and they're just all awesome. And I also love to be included in the ability to answer. So I am exploding a little. I'm going to kind of go reverse order, just because it's how I'm thinking about it. For me, group classes are totally essential because, you know, if you think about a fighter in any professional element, they need what you call looks. You can't just fight one type of person. You need to fight a big body, a small body, a fast person, a slow person, a powerful, etc. And obviously, we're not just talking about fighting. But, you know, I love when I bring my Toronto students, and there's like 12 of us now. But when they go down to Kitchener, they all kind of go, and I see them making friends with people at their own level. And I use the term trudging partner. It's actually a, a sober term. But, you know, I didn't have so much a trudging partner in karate. And when I see my students getting trudging partners, and it's some stuff people have talked about on the show, like, oh man, I almost got the better of him this week, but I feel like he got the better of me. So I'm going to train my ass off for the next time. Love that. I think it's so essential. Iron sharpens iron. I don't know of private short in time. I mean, I can only speak to my own journey, which was more than two years of privates, if not even more with Sensei Dauphin while I was at theater school and he was setting up his club and he was in that between stage. And I mean, because of my situation, which was training with him so intermittently, but never inconsistently, if that makes sense. It was a long journey um i don't know i think privates just should be part like i think private should be part of the training so you get that one-on-one that more personalized but i don't think it necessarily shortens it how long that's also a great question honestly my answer would be longer than most schools and people think and the reason is because when i look at covid when i look at my first black belt alden All those, everyone in my school has been delayed for various reasons. And then they end up coming in very well at where they're at. And there's no squeaking by. And that's a function of being maybe too long at about, but not too long at about. So I think the idea of, I don't know, whatever we think it is, add 20% (laughs) just to let the basics, the kata, the concepts percolate down as deeply as possible.
4: Right? Do you want
1: me to go sensei, or do you just well, want to answer?
4: Yeah, go ahead. Like,
1: okay. Uh, how long? I think it depends on the person. You know, if if it's a person who's a quitter, they need to spend like at least ten years, right? If they're a quitter person, then it needs to be ten years. If they're a person who's going to spend their whole life in it it's almost becomes irrelevant, like, right? Because eventually they're going to be a black belt or whatever it is that the art demands of them, that's, what's going to happen. So, um, I mean, on a practical sense, I guess if I had to quote numbers, super dedicated, you're going to train like three to five times a week, hard. I mean, train, you're going to come to class you're going to train three or five times a week probably five years, right? If uh, you wanna be really practical, if you're gonna come like two times a week and one of those times, you're gonna not be too dedicated to your training, then you're probably looking at an eight year horizon to be a black belt, in my opinion, right? <clears throat> um, are classes necessary? Absolutely necessary. I, I, I think they're absolutely necessary. And as a matter of fact, uh, Sean might not even remember this because his memory is not sometimes great. But uh, there was a time when you had sent him to me, Sensei Legacy, and said, train with Sensei Dauphin. And after a year or two, I was like, I think I'm doing this guy a disservice. I think he needs a class. And I almost sent him to a person whose name starts with F and ends with Anki. And uh, and uh, he didn't go, thank God, but I just thought he needs to get something from the class experience that he's not getting from me out here in the park, right? So I do think that class experience gives you that sense of community. You know, you build that camaraderie, those people who can push you. You find inspiration outside of your instructor, which I think is also really important. Your instructor can't be everything to you. You need other people who can inspire you. And then really fast, private lessons in the dojo, that's like the turbo booster that like will change your time from like, you know, eight years to seven years. Or if you're a different person from five years to four and a half years. That's Mm -hmm. like that's the turbo booster. If you're dedicated, you get those private lessons, and that's gonna just give you those things. And in those private lessons, you should listen. It's not training; it's listening. Mm. The private lessons are more about the mind than they are about, you know, putting your hand on your hip. Uh, I guess that's it. Unless you can get private lessons in a car, drinking coffee.
3: Yeah, I think we all agree on the group lessons. You definitely, definitely have to group, have group lessons. And my question really was, I was looking for a minimum. Because of content, no one gets a black belt in my dojo before four years, between four and five years, because you have to give them the content. Some people are kata people. Some people are fighters. Some people don't do fighting. They do self-defense. So uh, in true classical karate, you have to touch all aspects. You have to spend at least four times. Where I differ a little bit is that private lessons will bring you a little bit quicker, not only because of detail, but if you're in a class, just say of 20 people and you spend an hour, an hour and a half in that class, Sensei's not always gonna be on you. He's gonna be on every, everyone else. People are at different levels that learn at different pace, like you say. So uh, I think Private lessons, my own personal opinion, uh, and again, I could be wrong, but I think that it sort of uh, matures you or develops you a little bit quicker, whereas you still need four years to get that all your belt and to get it out of your, yourself and into the art. So uh, I differ a little bit with the private lessons, simply because I think if you can see my view, is that 20 people in the dojo don't all get an hour and a half session, but they do gain other things. You know, like synchronized stuff and fighting different people, and different views of the same thing. So
1: everybody is nodding, Sensei. I think we all agree with your. We're point. all in
3: the same park. We're all in the same park. Just looking at it, just very slightly different.
1: So,
4: well,
3: I
1: think Sensei, um, Sensei Maletsky has connected to his audio now. Okay. So, I, if everybody's okay with that, I'd like to get him in here and hear what he wanted to say. None of us can speak for him. So, Andre, can we, uh, can we get that, make that happen in the next minute and 30 seconds? No pressure.
5: <laughs> hey! Oh. Hey! Am I am I uh, on speaker?
1: You are You're on right.
5: speaker. Sorry. Hey! hey. miseria! La <laughs> hey. The world is the oyster now for everybody. Yeah, it is. Especially yeah. for my my friend, the young fellow over there, uh, Hunchy Gary Legacy. Ooh! I have to pay my deepest respect to. Hunchy Legacy, my senior uh, in age, and uh, uh, I I would sing a song, but you know I heard what uh, what you said about uh, Benza, uh, so I I ain't gonna sing nothing because nobody's gonna pay me copious amounts of money. So uh, in that case, I'll just wish Hunchy Legacy a very happy and honest uh, delightful birthday. I wish you many many more. And uh, I hope to uh, get up uh, your way one day and, and we can uh, rock and roll a little bit and uh, share some of the uh, nectars of the gods, shall we say. Thank you, and sir. Anyways, happy birthday, I, brother.
3: Thank you, and I appreciate the book you sent.
5: Uh, you're more than welcome. Excellent. And uh, I enjoyed uh, watching when I, when I get a chance and I'm not teaching. Tonight was lucky I, I finished early just to catch the show so again uh, all, all the best and, uh, and I'll uh, keep watching take care Thanks, <laughs> thanks,
1: thanks Okay so Andre if you can help us by um, I got a message from sincey Copeland nobody wants to irritate him can you <laughs> turn his video can you turn his video and his uh, audio on let him. Get in here, and then we'll get to Sensei Legacy's next question that he might have. Nice. Nice.
2: I just feel like Sensei's fists, Sensei Copeland's fists are like that big. So you got to be yeah. super cool when he comes on.
1: Can't wait to see him. I said because nobody wants to
0: imitate him.
1: It's mostly because we all love him. That's why yeah. right. We want him on Man. the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Sensei. Um, hey, good morning. How is everybody? All right? Hey, look at awesome. that guy. I love that guy.
6: I think I heard I think I heard Sensei Sweeney say something about my big fists or whatever. These are basketball hands, man. These are really, really, really big, you know? Mm. So (laughs) I I think my hands are almost as big as Hanshi Legacy, but not quite. But they're good for palming a ball. Mm. You know? You
1: know what they say about guys with big hands, right? (laughs) I do know what they say about (laughs) (laughs) Even,
6: even more importantly. Black guys with big hands
1: I've heard it said so I
6: don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> only you can say that in yeah. same
4: age. you know
6: it's you know it's you know its that's funny because my kids when I when we're training we have the, the, the handheld sheet hunchy hand they're looking at the shield and I'm trying to get them to focus on the target and I'll say what what color is my uniform they'll say white I say what color is the shield they'll say red and I'll say what color is my face and nobody talks. Black. You know, Black. and my point is I just want them to hit the right color. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> I just wanted to say a happy birthday to you. And it doesn't sound like anybody is singing, so I'll sing happy oh, birthday God. to you. Oh. Happy birthday <laughs> to you, yeah. my friend and colleague in the martial arts happy birthday to you hanshi legacy 76 years young happy (laughs) birthday to you (laughs) and
0: many more (laughs) yes
6: right but but i have a question seriously though um can i ask a question yes it's a
1: goblin you take all the time
6: no 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 no. i so my question my question hanshi is because at 76, you've been through the grind. You've been in the martial arts. You know, you've know, you been teaching for a long time. And my question is, from the beginning of your teaching career to now, what do you see as the difference between those first students and these new students from a teaching perspective?
3: If you're talking about the person, them, or... or... Well, category wise,
6: you know, not the individual, but the, the groups, the students from those days to students from now.
3: Well, students from those days uh, came in to learn karate, and a lot of them weren't put in by their parents. I find they were more dedicated. They lasted longer. Like I have people that are my friends, they're still martial artists, where I think now a lot of them come in and try it because uh, they're interested in the martial arts, but they don't realize how much work it really is. Mm. You know, it's a long time. Like it takes you four years to reach your real first level. And then after that, it starts for a second dan, two more years, third dance, three more, and adds up to, you have to to get a 10th dan. You have to be 70 years old. So the dedication and, uh, uh, like uh, Sensi Maletsky, the, the gut, guts and glory years are the old years when we fought bare fist. Mm. When you made a mistake, both people paid the price because you'd have teeth marks on your hands. And so it was more crude in those days, but in these days also for the people that are there today, there are better, more ways. The instructors are a lot more um, Up in the ways of making your body uh, more of a weapon, you know, by way of using using weights and and doing different things. They know more about health health foods, so things have changed a little bit. But uh, I like the old days when just uh, (laughs) you remember that, don't you?
6: Yes, for sure. Thank you, Sensei.
3: But both both students are good students.
6: Yes, I, I agree. They're they they are they are good. Now they were awesome back then. It's just a different crop, different crop. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoy your your birthday festivities, whatever they're going to be, and may you live for another seventy six years.
0: Thank you, buddy. Yeah. yeah
1: assistant copeland we're all going to be together may 14th 15th this whole Um, that's going to be awesome i can't wait wait. i'm I'm working the schedule right now for (laughs) when we're all going to be on the floor and i'm thank you because i get to work the schedule i'm like okay I can't teach at the same time that Sensei Copeland's teaching because I want to train with him and I'm not teaching at the same time as Sensei Suino because I want to train with him and I'm not teaching at the same time as Punchy Legacy because I want to train with him so yeah it's going to be amazing we're going to see you uh, super soon I can't wait
6: well the, the only the only thing I want to say that you know if I my my only input is when you make the schedule make sure that I'm available to train with all of you mm-hmm.
1: That will happen now because you said it. (laughs) And since Oswino says, if you do not ask, you do not get. That's
0: (laughs) nice. Nice. (laughs) Don't ask,
3: don't get.
1: Thank you. All right, take care, guys. All right. Since legacy, what was the next question you wanted to crack open with everybody?
3: Okay. Does a man require another man, as opposed to a woman, to make him a better martial artist? And vice versa.
1: Who do you want to start with, Sensei? You um, got to direct it to.
3: Let's start oh, with you this
1: time. Me? Okay. Um, the very first name that popped into my mind, Sensei, was Fang Chi Liang. Right? That is the very first uh, person that popped into my mind. The other thing that I thought about was. I've often said to people that you were a pioneer when it came to, we talked about the blood and guts era in the seventies and the sixties, where it was like, but I feel like I was blessed in the fact that you were a person who always accepted females into the dojo and you didn't train them different. You just, this is karate. This is what you need to do. Karate picks and chooses you. It doesn't care if you're a female or a male, right? So on that side, I think that's important. Um, And what I would say today, like when I look at it today, when I'm trying to teach now, I think it's really important that when young ladies come in, they're blessed that they can see other ladies training and doing things at a high level. And when men come in, they can see ladies training at a high level and vice versa. So I, I don't know if it's necessary, but I think it's better. Like, I think it's better. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to say it's necessary, but I think if you train in a dojo with high level female practitioners and high level male practitioners, you will reap rewards that you won't get if you're on either side of that only men or only women. So, Yeah. That's my answer.
3: Thank you, Spino. Can you
2: phrase, can you say the question again so I understand your phrasing?
4: Does a man require another man to teach him as opposed to say a woman? And vice versa, make him better. You know, if I if
3: I went to a female teacher and I was a man, would I require a man to make me a better martial artist, or would a
4: lady or a woman require? No,
2: I don't think so. I think a woman can make you a great martial artist just as a man can. I think if it's a question of, of uh, training partners and fights, that may be a little different. It's just because statistically, over the broad human population, men tend to have denser muscle tissue and tend to have more strength. So, if you're a fighter um, in a martial art that, where strength is an important factor, that may make a difference. But as far as teachers, I mean, one of the best, uh, one of the best, uh, people that ever existed in judo is Fukuda Keiko sensei who passed away at like age something 97 recently and um just no question the whole world of judo understands that she was one of the best people who ever existed and she had hundreds or thousands of students both male and female who have done incredibly well in the world of judo so yeah short answer I don't think so
4: Enzo
0: Uh, For me, it's really simple. I think to become a brilliant, excellent, phenomenal martial artist, it doesn't matter. But I think to be the best you can be, it does going back to our first question, which is eventually, you're just going to want to be part of a room where you do are are training with people the opposite sex or even people who don't consider themselves any sex. So I think eventually you're going to lead to the interaction with everybody. But I think to become excellent, I don't think it would matter if your teacher was a man or woman whatsoever. You don't know anything when you walk in the door. So somebody who's a master is going to be able to bring you so far before there's going to be a limit.
3: Well, I agree with you all that I, we've had, uh, uh, like since uh, Michelle Legacy was a, a great karate teacher. She would teach the beginners and then they would come into my class after just as they are getting on a higher level. And they never lacked anything. Nothing. Ladies, there are some very, very good women teachers. If you're actually, like you said, if you're going to get in a ring and, and bat around with big, heavy guys that are going to be hitting each other, there may be a very slight disadvantage where they're getting hit, you know, in different places like that. But that's if you get to hit them. <laughs> if they lay their mitts on you first or they kick you in the side of the head first, it may, in my opinion, it, it makes no difference. And on the inside, I've always said, martial artists are all the same. Mm-hmm. We all learn the same lessons and we all get that same spiritual and that same knowledge. Whereas if you want to fight uh, in MMA, it, it may be better to fight other men. but. Other than that, very, very slight, you may learn something from a woman. You may learn something that you don't learn from a man. Because mm-hmm. Technically, listen to this. Technically, when you're, when you're born, women are naturally better fighters than men. Because uh, the creator who made us made them the protectors of the children. And you just try to take a baby away from some, a woman. She didn't know how to fight, she'll tear you to pieces. So,
4: um, it's like um, Randy was telling me the other day. Um, Christine, some, at one time,
3: some guy tried to steal some money from her that she were at work. And the guy who tried to steal the money from her, she held onto that bag so hard and pounded and kicked in that when the police arrived, she still had the handles of the bag that she was bringing in her hands she did not let
4: go so if there would be if there wouldn't be a weight difference that 30
3: 35 percent extra weight that a man has let's say a woman and a man that are the same size i'd say it's a proposition and even at that, you might have a slight disadvantage. I feel that deep down inside, like you're much meaner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, the other good. thing I'd like to offer to everyone and the ladies would be that if it takes 25 pounds pressure per square inch to knock a man out and a man can put, in, can put out a hundred and a woman can only put out 35, it doesn't matter. You only need 25. The thing is that the thing I would like to offer for the ladies would be that if you have the confidence and your ability, you will win.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Sensei. As you're talking, the things I was thinking about was, you know, Sensei Michelle, one of the things I always said to people was get, because they might not. Have the image of what she is blonde hair, blue eyes, five foot seven, 115 pounds. You fucking grab a hold of her in a self defense situation, your ass is gonna be fucking knocked out like so fast. You're not even gonna realize what happened to you. And it doesn't even matter if it's a man or a woman, 30 mm-hmm. pounds or not, she's not gonna hesitate. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be like unconscious really quick. Um, I now since they want to turn it over to somebody that I know that you want to talk to. Um, She did a post about you today and uh, Sydney Dauphin is on the call and she wants to say happy birthday to her godfather, I think. So Andre, if you can turn that stuff on, she's she's her internet connection might be flaky.
7: Yeah, I'm here. Hello.
3: Hi.
0: Hey, Sid.
7: Happy birthday, Uncle Gary. I miss you so much. Wish I could give you a hug.
3: Thank you. There's the lady right there. You don't wanna mess around with. (laughs) (laughs) I saw her fight guys all the way up. I
7: have to... (laughs) As you were talking, I was thinking of... um, this time in high school, cause all the guys, they'd say like, oh, you don't know karate. You couldn't, you couldn't hurt me. And I sent my one friend who's six, seven, probably 250 pounds. He was like captain of the basketball team. I sent him through the door of our classroom the one day, cause he said, show me some karate. And so I stood on his foot and I just dropped my shoulder and body checked him and he went flying backwards at the door. <laughs> And uh, that was actually you who told me once. You said, if anyone tells you to show them some karate, stand on their foot and push them as hard as you can. So <laughs> that's what I did.
3: <laughs> yeah. Also, at, at Sydney's grading, uh, when it came to the black belt fighting, I had her fight two people at a time. And then I had, to fight, I had her fight more than that. I forget if it was three or four or what at the same time. And she
4: handled that very well. She, had, she got her black belt. Yeah.
1: What else, Sid? What else you want to say? Yeah. Ask what, what thoughts you want to leave us with before we go to Sense of Legacy's next question.
7: Yeah, I mean, that whole last conversation, I was just thinking of the the women I've been so blessed to look up to, like, Aunt Michelle, Sensei Chaki, Sensei Beauregard, Sensei Potter. Um, I mean, even on this call, Sensei Landolt, Christiana, like, at camp when I was a little mm-hmm. kid, and I know you were also a kid, but you were someone that I totally looked up to and and wanted to be just like, and yeah, I mean, I'm privileged in the way that I knew I was accepted kind of unconditionally, just by my father being my father, but also, like, there is the separation between the sensei relationship but um i knew i always belonged in the dojo just because i was kind of born there um <laughs> but but yeah i've never really had an issue facing the guys i know uh at sensei copeland's tournament once i i fought in the boys division and did pretty good there too
1: yeah you did that was an, it if People uh, want to know Sydney fought in the 16 to 18 year old male division with, I think it was like 12 other black belts men and beat them all. And uh, that's when Sensei Copeland said, Hey, Randy, do you think Sydney wants to fight on team Canada? And she went to Hamilton and ended up winning a silver medal. And again, I always like to say this to her. So she remembers she lost because she didn't follow the instructions of her teachers. Right. Which Cincy Copeland and I told her don't talk to your competitors and she did. She made friends with her a girl from New Zealand before she fought her and then lost a really hard fat bottle but I think she learned more from the loss than she did from the win. So, since the Legacy I'm going to Sid, I'm sorry, love you. We're gonna shut your camera off, cause I love you. But uh, Sensei, what's our next question?
4: Um,
1: yeah, I know it. it's good to see her, right? Like you and I feel the same. I feel choked up when I see her, like, yeah. I also
3: just wanna say something on the lady's behalf that you mentioned uh, Patricia Beauregard. Patricia Beauregard, was uh, the actual two-time world champion. She came home all cut up and beat up. Uh, I th- I'm not sure if it was Spain or France or wherever she went. She went came into my dojo. She fought with all the black belts and the black belts, the men and women, all came up to me and complained because she had to give them all the fat. Mm-hmm. Right? So I went over to fight with her and I thought, well, you know, I'll put a stop to this. She gave me a fat. Well. <laughs> Honest to God, so I just got, into, got into a little conversation there, and she never hit anyone after after that. But again, if you can put up enough power to knock mail out, it you can do it. You just need that confidence and a good teacher. Okay, my next question is. Um, in most styles, if you think about it, when you reach the fourth dan level, the kata stop. Like I know the reason for that or the reason that I believe is right. So what do you do from a fifth dan to an eighth dan? What is it that you do in a place of kata? Because we understand that a ninth and 10th dan are grandmasters and teachers, they spend their time um, trying to pass on the knowledge of the style. But what is going on there when you get to be a fourth dan? That's, what, that's why I went out looking for the white crane. When I got to a fourth dan in Shorin or Shotokan, uh, there were no more new cuts, no more, no more different kind of lessons. What do you suppose is, uh, what's missing there? Or is there something missing? And I'm missing it. How about that, Sean?
0: Well, for me, because I'm right smack in the middle of what you're talking about, um, you know, there's uh, the analogy that popped into my head is like you design and landscape and build your backyard with a pool. And that's like up to learning the system. And then one day the construction guy leaves. I mean, your sensei doesn't leave, but we'll use it as a metaphor. And now you actually get to play around in it for a while like the whole time I'm adding kata and the whole time I'm adding knowledge. Now that never the knowledge never stops, but I feel like this last while since I was a 3rd dan has just been going what is this I've learned? Like what what am I doing with it? Who am I in it? Um it's glorious. And then also, you know, I've always considered teaching because of karate to be fundamental to anything resembling mastery. And so then it becomes well fuck if I'm teaching this I better know it even better and so it becomes like what is it really for me not what was given to me but what is my daily life with it Um, in terms of what's missing for me I mean you know I went and just when I want to figure out what happens when your feet get kicked out from under you too Um, but that's not something that's missing from karate itself because it's just a different thing but but I really like the idea of having time while giving back because you are further along the path than a lot of other people just going, I want to swim in this pool that I spent so long building and now it's full of water and go, what is it? Like, what's, what does a backstroke look like here? What does a front stroke look like here? So that for me is what this period feels like.
1: How about that, Randy? Can you just ask a question one more time? So I'd say, I just want to think about it, like react I to said-
3: it. In our style, in our style of Karate, and I believe Shotokan, I stand to be corrected. um, Usually you're learning Karas up to a fourth time and then the Karas sort of cease there. You know, uh, at least that's what happened to me when I was learning from my teacher. And then I, I ended up having to go to Long Island, New York to ask Terry Macaron who is a mentor and a person I really respected, that question. And he did say something to me, and I'll, I'll wait my turn. Nick? So... Or, I'm sorry, you go
1: Yeah, I think, since it for me, there's a, a distinction in my mind, are you a student or are you a teacher? Like, I, I think if you're a teacher, It's important that you learn as much as you possibly can even if it's not good for you right like it might not be good for you so you reach a fourth day and you have all this information new people might come in and when they come in that's not enough information for them to make them good as an individual because if we're talking about the day if we're just talking about dan's and progressing and you need katas to progress, then I guess you need more after 4th then. But if we're talking about like, you know, what is the practical purpose of karate? Let's not even say karate, let's say what's the practical purpose of martial arts? I don't necessarily think you need to know like 37 katas or 67 katas or 72 katas. You need to know the things that will work for you really really well on an unconscious level. If you're a teacher, you need a lot more. And I don't think if you're not a teacher, I don't think you need to progress past third dan. Like I just I don't think you do. Like if you're not teaching martial arts, you know, just keep toiling away for your own benefit and that's awesome, right? Like there's no issue with that. But if you want to teach people, then you need to move beyond that. And so then you require more, more knowledge. You can't get to a 10th end if you don't have more knowledge than somebody who's a third day, like, or done it longer. So I guess that's what I think about that. And I'm probably wrong, because I'm only 50 and I'm still learning. So yeah.
3: sensei Swino, excuse me oh
2: you, any, any any name works fine for me um I, I absolutely agree with what what sean and randy said i'll just give you a little uh snippet from my own training or my own dojo you know i have just a tiny handful of people who have made it to godan um under my teaching And one thing I absolutely love about those those few guys uh, at Yondan and Godan is our conversations are completely different now. We're talking about, they're becoming serious people. (laughs) And I don't mean serious in the sense that they never crack jokes, but I think that the people to be reckoned with, you know, you can be a martial artist and be really damn good. But there's a big difference between that and being somebody who really matters in the community. So, um, you know, I've got three guys, Dana Jackson, Dan Holland, and, and uh, Nick Miller. I, and, and they are just, just phenomenally different human beings. And, and the amount of personal growth that they've had from Sandan to Yondan or Godan is is. Phenomenal and clearly evident when you interact with them. So there's a there's a personal growth that happens I'm just giving you my own slice on that. There's a personal growth that
4: happens even if there's not more material being learned so I guess. Yes, yeah How about you, Sensei? What do you think? Are you party? done? Uh, yeah, okay. Well, so
3: Terry Macaron said to me, what you're looking for Gary is the Okinawan crane. So, and the story I understand is all martial arts of course came down through China were all the greatest influence on uh, the hand arts, the empty hand arts are the greatest in influences through the Chinese. So he said, uh, you're looking for this guy who lives in and he's down in Florida. His name is Anthony Sandoval. When I went down there, I, heard, I learned a little bit of history from some of the people. And they said, uh, well, Fanakoshi learned his karate from Matsumura, which was Ryu. When he went to, uh, to Japan, he never taught Shotokan, He taught Shorin ryu. ryu was the first empty-handed art. And, and it was by the Okinawans, not the Japanese. There's a, a slight difference there. And I was told a story that um, because Fanakoshi was half Japanese and half Okinawan, there was, a, there was some ill feelings between those two countries at the time. And uh, Matsumura was also only knew a few katas himself. Like he invented the peanut katas or the Heian katas. So, um, he went on to uh, go to China and learn the crane, a crane art. And when he brought it back, he adapted it to the harder style. He changed it from the soft fluent to the hard moving, more linear type of striking. And... uh, well, he was looking for someone to bounce it off of, like everyone has that student, like I have Randy. Um, he, there was someone always trying to peek through the fence and he wanted he wanted to learn that art. He was a very good student. For some reason Matsumura didn't want to teach it to him. And that was Fanakoshi. When got, Fanakoshi, knew he was a good student. He was a great martial arts. This could have been the greatest mistake Matsumura ever made. So he packed his bags and went to Japan. And while he learned the Shorin-Ryu system, he never learned the white crane. And in my dojo, I don't only teach up to that fourth time, which is the hard striking style of karate into a softer, more, uh, relaxed type of striking, that uh, centered around severing nerves, which is like the killing art of that time. So uh, with that, from the fourth dan to the eighth dan, in my dojo, you learn the Okinawan white crane. So in Goju, for instance, the Goju means hard soft style, right? Uh, We never really had that handed to us. And a lot of the techniques that you see in the short style are, are not explained. And then finally, when I went and learned this, I, that's where I took my, my time off from the sword in order to be able to learn the white crane. Um, it, I put it in there. And now, we're learning the softer way of doing the art as opposed to always hitting hard and knocking the person out mm. when you get to be my age you can't go with the young guys like my i watched my grandson fighting another student the other night his name was josh they were moving so fast and so hard in my mind i went geez, i wonder if i can even beat these guys you should have seen them go. You know? they were amazing but you know at my age imagine the white crane being like um somebody trying to grab you and punch you and you shove your finger in their eye. Like it doesn't take much effort for that. You just need to be a bit quick and to get it there. And then striking the nerves takes less power, just more accuracy. So you sort of need that. And that's where I put it after the fourth band to the eighth band, so that we would learn the soft side of the arts. This would be awesome for the ladies because it doesn't require that power. It requires skill and speed. So that's my, my view on what should happen after a fourth that A lot of people in the United States now do that, but it hasn't really spread worldwide because Matsumura wanted to keep it a secret. And the last thing I will say about it because I'm dragging on here was uh, my sensei was a student, Ohan Sokan. And, and his, upon his death, I believe it was in 78, maybe 72, I'm not, I can't remember. But he called Holly's students to his bedside and he said, Release the white crane. We don't want it to be a, a secret style anymore because it will die with me. So all of his head senses went out, including Anthony Sandoval, to the United States and started teaching. And in the southern United States, most of the people uh, had learned of Okinawan crane from him. So whether that's believable or not is up to you. But if you want to know, come to my dojo, I'll show you. And I don't mean you need to pay me. I will show you what happens. There.
0: Okay. Thanks. Great question.
1: Andre, (laughs) who is hosting tonight, because Robert's off in California. Robert's off in California tonight.
0: Nice. Yeah,
1: he's going to train with Fumio Demura, I think, this week. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, I just saw Satsuno's eyebrows go up. (laughs) But uh, Andre, if you want to play a couple of those video messages that have been sent in, that would be amazing if you can.
3: I also, well, we're, Oh, good.
8: oh no. Hunchy Legacy, bonjour, je vous souhaite un joyeux anniversaire. De nombreuses années sur les tatamis, et puis on va se voir bientôt à Kitchener. So, attention à vous, profitez de cette belle journée et à bientôt. Bon anniversaire.
1: Yes. Amazing, Mm -hmm. merci, Andre. Can you get the next one queued up? No pressure as quick as possible. Oh man, (laughs)
0: that's awesome!
3: Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. I, I don't need that, but I really appreciate it. Like, those guys are. True friends.
1: Yeah. It's good to have some bilingual culture here on our, our show too. Love it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I see, does Mario have a question? Is that what that is?
1: Sorry, say who?
3: Mario, I, I see a hand up. Is that a question?
1: Uh, I, I don't see, see that, that hand because really? I don't have that view up, but...
0: Nope, um, oh. nope. No. don't see it either. Okay. Um, You got another one for us, Hanshi? You got another question, don't you? Uh, I I have a couple. We have lots of time yet. But uh, uh,
3: the other thing, you know, you you wonder about friendships, and the the question I wanted to pose was: Should you call your sensei sensei outside of the classroom, like you see him walking down the street? Can you call him Fred or Pete or Gare, Uh, for an example? Wayne Bear was a sixth dan. He was my boss and my friend before he even knew karate. He walked, I was kicking a a dumpster one day, he walked around the corner and he was the only carpenter on on the site. And I kicked him and hit his thumb and sprained his thumb. He calls me Hanchi or Sensei in the dojo. But when we're outside, we were already like friends. So he he calls me Gare. When we go golfing, he calls me Gare. I appreciate, you know why? Because not many people call me that. They always call me hunchy. So the question is, what do you think? Should, should you always call, you come into class for the first time and you see your sensei or another scenario like the one I just gave you. Is it proper or is it okay? Or do we think too much of ourselves? How about that, Nick? Our sensei so we know I'm sorry.
4: Well, see, there you go. So,
2: here's my answer: hundred percent, yes, you should always call your sensei sensei inside out in the dojo. And then, one percent, no. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes relationships are such that you don't have to do that. I have a few friends who don't call me sensei that who who friendships that started in the dojo. I don't think it's because we think a lot of ourselves. I think it's because I think a lot of you or right or randy thinks a lot of you like that. i don't i don't mandate it but i would always call it if i if if, if my old senseis were still living i would call them sensei forever mm. comes from me not from them
4: yes yeah. well said yeah. randy
1: i just wrote down sensei i am a martial artist and i am a son And I wrote that down because once you are one of those things, how do you say your mom or dad come to you and say, we have a close enough relationship now that you could just call me Mary Lou, or you can just call me um, Mike Dauphin. Like it just really feels uncomfortable when, when I say that, like I, I never called my dad by his first name ever. And I never called my mom by her first name ever. And that's because of the relationship that we built. Um, and so for me, I guess I wanna say if you're really a martial artist, no, you don't call your sensei by their first name or you've lost your place um, in, in where you are. I've never called you by your first name. I've, <laughs> I've never called Sensei Sufino by his first name. And I can't imagine doing so the only caveat that I would give like the small footnote that I would say would be when you use a person's name what respect and what reverence do you give that name. Right, and so sometimes I will say to my students, you know. I'll say, Oh, I'm going down to see sueno right this weekend. But I say that name Suino with total reverence, it might as well be synonymous with Sensei. Like there's no difference be- between the two words, not in my mind and not in the way that I express them. So uh, yeah, I guess that's my answer. Sensei legacy, that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, not surprisingly, Sensei, my answer will be along the same lines. Like I. There are people who are senseis, like Sensei Bowen has said to me many times, "Call me Scott." Sometimes I do. Most of the time I don't. Scott Watson, long before he was a black belt, I was a brown belt. He's like, "Call me Scott, Sean," and I think I did sometimes because he asked me to. And those weren't my senseis, but I'm not calling your sensei, Dauphin or Sensei Sueno by your. I want you as my teachers, I crave you as my teachers. You know, I I sent you that note today, like in 1993, I walked into that basement. I'm getting emotional right now, my life changed. Everything in my life got better and has since. And why would I I need, I need what you are. And I like that it has a title. And I see it with my students. I have a lot of students who come in through the acting world and we have relationships prior. And I tell them in class, you call me sensei outside class. We have a former relationship. You call me what you want. They all end up calling me sensei out of class. I never asked them to. They just do. And I see that they need it the way I need it with you three on this call. So that's where I go with it. I want it. I need it. And it changed my life. So why would I try and change it back?
1: Good answer, Benz. Uh, since I see, I know you've never called any of your teachers by their first name.
3: I just did just now. <laughs> and, I and that's why uh sense i will well, never call me that again. I I never have and I never will. I just did it sort you're of right, weird right. for this thing here.
2: Uh, you and I have a funny relationship that way, right? Because we've been we've been friends and mutual students. Yeah. And uh
3: yeah, but I'm you're still know. my Sensei. Fair enough. Yeah. And yeah,
1: you you know, Sensei, though, the thing is like I think of names that I i say right like i've i've often said nobetsu you need to go to nobetsu's dojo but to me when i say you need to go to nobetsu's dojo it's the same as saying you need to go to sensei's dojo like cuz the name nobetsu and the word sensei have almost become the same thing right and i think a lot of people would say that of you like if people said like legacy they'd say like that name legacy and the word sensei or Suino and the word sensei have merged to become the same thing because you've gone over 30 years. Right? Oh. Um, uh, I know uh, if we can, Andre, I know if you want to let Hanchi in, if we can get him in here, um, that would be amazing. Would it? Oops. Yeah.
0: I'm here. You are here. Hi, Hanchi. Hey, how are you doing, everyone?
8: I, I'm in uh, Whitby. I just finished teaching. And we tried to hook on with everybody. And for some reason, I'm still a white belt in technology. I had some problem. And, uh, but I called for a special reason. I told everybody that there's a young man who has a birthday today. And uh, I want to wish him happy birthday, my friend, Hanchi.
3: Merci beaucoup.
8: Ah, ça me fait plaisir, mon ami. Hey, you're the leader of the pack now. We're going to keep following you for at least 20 to 30 more years, man. I hope I
3: won't let you down.
8: <laughs> ah, you never did, and you never will. And look who's with me, Greg. Happy birthday. Oh, hey. hey. Yes, man. happy birthday. Hey, Sorry. <laughs> we bailed him out of jail so he could come and wish you happy birthday. <laughs> Enjoy your evening, my friend. We are so looking forward to May 14 and 15. We'll see you there and we're going to have a chance to celebrate.
3: Merci beaucoup.
8: Bonne fête, Anchi. Bye-bye. Bonjour. Bye
1: Bye-bye. Bye. So uh, since Legacy, before we move too much further, I just want to... Uh, I know you've already heard from this person today. Uh, But uh, I just sent some McLaren, Nick McLaren from the BC Dojo message today, him and I were chatting and he said, uh, happy birthday, Hanchi, from all your students at your West Coast dojos, looking forward to having you teach BC camp again this year in Whistler on the August long weekend. You continue to influence people across the country to be better versions of themselves, both inside and outside of the dojo. I just wanted to share that. And then uh, there were some questions about Mario Musso and uh, Mario Musso sent a message. You're gonna get the next question since the legacy, but he just sent a message and said, the most happy birthday, Hunchy Legacy. Hope you're having a your great day,
4: so. Thank you, Mario. Keep in common. Okay, so uh, we're getting to that. This should finish it up. What, what are the requirements for you to be called
3: a martial artist? You know, let's say for instance, a guy starts training and he trains to a black belt or a second Dan or something. And then he decides to become an MMA world champion. And he does, but he doesn't continue his karate. After he retires, he retires as the world champion and keeps teaching kickboxing and everything. So what requires you to be, what are the necessary things that you have to have to be called a martial artist? And you know, everybody from the first day what, what is the reason you put a white belt on? What is it that you are? You make that commitment. That means you are a martial artist. So while you move through the yellow belts and into your black belt and you move along and then you go off and become a kickboxer and teaching kickboxing, is he still a martial artist? So my question is, what is it that you have to do? What are the requirements
4: through your entire life to be called a martial artist? What does that mean? but we uh, start with you, you know, you're probably uh, really
3: the most knowledgeable of us all because of the time he spent in Japan and in martial arts.
2: I think you may be referring kind of to a martial artist with a capital M and martial artist with a small M. right that there's such a thing as a martial artist with a small m if you allow me to use that term which is anybody that's involved in 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 a martial art or combat of art and you know just broadly encompasses everything kickboxing boxing wrestling um but then i think there's like another concept capital m martial artist which is kind of like what we've described on this show many times as a classical martial artist somebody pursuing a heritage system making it their lifetime's path, Uh, uh, and and if you want to call yourself a capital M martial artist in that framework, then uh, you need to be involved in the martial art that you're committed to, that this is what I do, this is who I am, I'm going to do it for my whole life, whatever form it takes, and as long as that
4: continues, you can continue to call yourself a martial artist. All right, uh, Randy. I, I think I agree a hundred
1: percent with census, you know. um, What I wrote down was um, requirements are being committed to your martial art from the day you come in until the day you leave, whether that's death or you decide to walk out the door, right? Like that's what's required to be a martial artist, right? One day you might say, I don't want to be this anymore and you leave and you don't do it anymore, then you're not, right? But you need to be required to be committed to this. And you and I, Hanchi, talked about this this morning. We talked about, uh, here's an example of what I'm talking about from my example. Johnny Serio, he got a blue belt and then he became the 172-time world champion knocked out every single person who ever stood in front of him and but he wasn't a black belt he didn't get his black belt and then when he was done after he retired with however many championship belts or whatever he went back and he committed himself to getting his black belt in jiu-jitsu and he earned his black belt in jiu-jitsu after he was a multi-time world champion that's a person to me who's committed to martial arts not just being a fighter Right, and uh, I think you can just be a fighter, and I think that's awesome. Like, I I don't criticize anybody who is a fighter. Like, I don't mean to say just a fighter. Like, it's tough. You gotta train, you gotta be brave, you gotta step in the ring and be willing for somebody to knock your head off, like, or possibly kill you. Um, I just kind of feel like being a martial artist is, all of those things, and a little bit more, right? I, I think it's all of that stuff I just said, and just a little bit more. So
4: that's my take on it.
0: Um, well, I think I, I go slightly in the other direction with what it is to be like the, the small M. Like, I think there's I see these guys on TikTok, and they are dead, they, they're dreadful, some of them, but they're posting a video and they're doing these weird spinning things that don't work but they're martial artists they're just not good ones and um i think that you could literally just today go i'm a martial artist and like get your floppy sword out and play and, and not do anything but if you believe it and you're acting on your belief of what you're doing we have the right to laugh at you but you have the right to call yourself a martial artist now does now what then becomes oh, i i hope I hope happens for everybody is it gets pressure tested. Um, And then the other word that pops into my head is system. And the only reason I use that word is because I think of somebody, especially old school who comes up with something that works for them, but until they're asked to pass it on and have to describe how they're doing what they're doing, arguably there's no system. It's just an individual who's good at doing something. And for me, for martial art to actually Be able to be named something it would have to be transmissible and the transmissibility fundamentally makes it into something systemic um so that again doesn't make it a good one but one person in a field might not qualify but one person who can show another person what they're doing good or bad now it starts to take shape for me that's where i go with it
1: amazing uh Andre, if you can. Madam Christine Hussey, if you could put her camera on for a second. She wants to say hi to everybody and wish Sense Legacy a happy birthday.
4: If that is a possibility. Oh. Hello. How are you? Pardon? How are you? I'm good. How are you?
3: Great.
7: I wanted to wish you the very best. Happy birthday! I hope you've had a wonderful day, and I wish you many, many more years to come.
3: Thank you. I'll give you a nice big hug and a kiss when I see you soon.
4: I will see you on Saturday. That's right. So I will be. I will be expecting it. Please.
3: <laughs>
4: Thank you so much. Happy birthday, Sensei.
0: Awesome. Okay. Um, Sorry, and, Sean. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay, Hanchi. If you don't mind, I would I'd like to hear your answer to that question. I don't think we 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 heard your thoughts. Well, I. I'm,
4: I'm having a hard time. What I'm going to say here is, at one time.
3: In my life, the title of a book called. I am karate it crossed my mind. What am I? What the hell am I? I'm just scary. like, see the thing is between you and I is I know all my faults. I know all the mistakes I make, you know? So I asked myself that question many times. And then one time when I asked myself that question and I'm being very humble when I say this, I said, Man, all the masters are gone. Sensei Benny Allen's gone. All my teachers are gone. I think I've become karate. Mm -hmm. So I think it's somebody who becomes the platform that holds up martial arts. You're not just somebody learning it anymore. You're sort of part of its structure. that's just something that I believe happens to you. You know, you've got guys like Conroy Copeland Guys like him, many other guys, you know, And I think though that guy is karate, he's, I've seen him fight in the early days, I've seen him as a dedicated student, I see him as holding up his style and he becomes the blood, the blood flow and the things that make karate still here. Then you have other people who don't learn the art for all its value and they start to go off in a different direction. And then what happens is that art gets changed into something else. While it's the right people, people that are uh, ninth and 10th dams, they have the right to change and to modernize and to update that same art. But the roots and everything are still important. It's like the leaves changing on a tree you know, but the roots still hold that tree there. So you have to become the art. You are Karate or EI or whatever, Judo, Jiu Jitsu, whatever it is, you have to become that in order for it to be preserved for the other people. So I think it's a little bit more than we think. And possibly, uh, with the exception of Sensei know is that, uh, Randy, you're very close to getting there. You've you probably already asked yourself the question, am I karate? Or you've already found out that you are, probably from me treating you like you've become karate. And Sean is on his way. But I think there's, there's more to it. You've got guys like Yamaguchi Sensei. When I saw him, I was amazed. He's a spitting image of my father. So I looked at that guy. He's a Meijin master, he's a sword saint. So he died, and I I wouldn't be surprised to bury him with his sword. I'm not sure what happened, but he became EI, right? So I think there's more of a demand than just being in martial arts. That's basically my
1: answer. Listen, Benz, it's uh, 9.58. I don't think we're going to build on anything. <laughs> that was like <laughs> the most amazing uh, three minutes of punch kick choke chat that we've had so far. Was that? Um, I think we should go around the horn and uh, I'll leave it to you. I honestly don't know who should go first. So you've always hosted this. Let, we'll trust your judgment.
0: Let, let let's trust my judgment this time and let's reverse the direction because it's Hanchi's birthday and he's guided our questions tonight and i think that we sort of ascend rank wise towards him i think that feels a bit right um i i i, I don't want to go first but i do just want to say what i said earlier i want to reiterate you've changed my life um you know i i present very much as an actor because that is my online persona bit and, and that's part of it but That came after karate. I met met you as a science student who thought he might become a doctor or a lawyer. I met you as somebody who did not know how to look another man in the eye and say, back up or step forward, but don't fuck with me. Uh, I used wit and disappearing as a way to get out of situations. And directness was not an option because between both fear and um, inability to execute, I didn't know what the fuck to do. I avoided um, anything resembling conflict like the plague. And I don't believe a person can be a pacifist if they don't choose peace. Uh, I was defaulting to it um, because it wasn't an option. And you gave me the option. You gave me the option of peace because I could go the other way if I wanted. But more importantly, what Sensei Dauphin just said, the three minutes and all the minutes of 29 years of talking, of training, being your friend, your student, um, sleeping on your couch when I was going through one of the toughest times of my life, uh, th- that's more than any option for peace. It's more than the physical. It's about the, the life we get together. Sensei Dolphin always says this show is just one more thing that's fun that we get to say we did, regardless of what comes of it. And when I think of you in LA and us in Vancouver and me down there and just life, seeing you right now, it's, it's a gift. It's a gift to me that you were born. Um, I'm speaking about it selfishly because of what it did for me, but that's the only perspective I can offer. And I'm just so grateful. And I'm so grateful for the other two of you on this call too, like this chat and these chats. Life doesn't get much better than this. I just want to say thanks. Who,
1: who next? Sensei, sensei Dauphin. Let's, let's yeah. go with you. Yeah. So the thing that stands out is one of the last things you said since Legacy, which is uh, you're part of its structure. Right. And that's what I aspire to be now. It was fun at one point to be a competitor, um, you know, use your ego to bounce and push you forward. But, um, I've said it to you since I see, I don't know if I've ever said it to you since this, you know, but, you know, really in the end, all I hope is that if I could be a picture on somebody's wall, that would be good. Right. Because I will know I was part of the structure and I helped to push it forward. I hope that. Somebody would say, oh, you know, the great Ido people like Yamaguchi sensei, Swinor sensei, Holland sensei, Miller sensei. If somebody even mentioned my name with those names, I'd be so happy. If somebody said, you know, the great karate teachers, Matsumura, Itosu, Wally Sloki, uh, Benny Allen, Gary Legacy, Bill Hein, Randy Dauphin. If my name could even just be put in the name, those other names, I will know that I have par- been part of the structure of those arts and I've helped to move it forward. That's my final thoughts.
0: Sensei Swino. Thanks, Sensei Dauphin.
2: You mentioned Yamaguchi Sensei. Uh, I could basically say exactly what Sean said about you. Uh, for me, that was Yamaguchi Sensei. Changed my life. I've never met anybody like that, as you saw when you saw him. The most incredible human being I've ever met, much less had the opportunity to spend you know, thousands of hours with uh, absolutely transformed my existence, made me realize what's possible in life. What a, and so I'm going to bring it back to the word legacy. What a legacy to leave, right? If somebody can say about you, they showed me what's possible in a way that nobody else had before. That's the cool thing about being a part of martial arts, about, about the living embodiment of martial arts, is you have a chance to affect people's lives in this incredible mm-hmm. way. Thanks for having the last name, Legacy, and happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm to thank my today.
0: parents for that. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: what do you so, want to take us home on?
3: I'm Our not going to take it much further because the time is up. All I will say to you is go out and make your art better.
0: Mm. up to you. That's Amazing. all. Thanks, Hanchi. Uh, I hate to we have to do this because I'd love to just click, leave meeting there, but since it all found, tell us what's coming up.
1: The, the only one I know right now is uh, Sensei Fernet has agreed to come and meet with us. Um, mm-hmm. That's the one that I know. I know Sensei Swino knows about uh, Professor Chet. I don't know much about Professor Chet, so I'm going to just let Sensei talk about what next week would be.
2: Amazing. Next, next week, pre- Professor Chet Shemahorn, a uh, direct student uh, in the Gracie jiu tradition, Trained, trained with him twice. One of my great martial arts friends, Kent Nelson, has trained with him many, many, many times. Um, I've never heard anybody say anything other than, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. And he is, both in terms of technique and as a human being. A humble, approachable, incredibly good at jiu-jitsu. Um, I don't know him that well. So I'm really looking forward to uh, learning more about him as a human being next Thursday, 8.30 p.m eastern
0: time right here on punch kick choke and chat (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) that's a great thing um the last thing to go out on is just to say thank you so much to our people behind the scenes tonight we had andre satishev running our uh our systems and look how beautifully he did i mean even just throwing up those videos like you killed it tonight andre sensei would say within a minute and a half and before he was finished the sentence he had it up so thank you so much for your work tonight uh, Robert Schlemsky, Mike Russell, Victoria Fath, Justin Shea, and Alden Adair also helping out with all our posting. We appreciate you so much, and we're so grateful you're part of our team. Thanks, everybody. What a great night. I'm gonna go vibrate for a while on this one. Happy birthday. So much fun. Happy
1: birthday. birthday, Sensei. Love you so much.
0: Thank you. Yeah.